Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Bottoming, the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Kindly sponsored by Joe Malone London. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bottomingpod or visit bottomingpodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hello, I am Matthew. And I am Brendan, and our pronouns are he and him. So this is our second episode of season three. Mm-hmm. Um, you're listening to Bottoming. And we've got a gorgeous guest today, who is Michael Chakraverty. You will know Michael from primarily Bake Off fame, mm-hmm. fellow podcaster, yeah. Mankind, an all-round lovely... Baby doll. Baby doll human. <laughs> Before we... Um... Get into the interview. How have you been? Uh, yeah, I have been good. I've been, <laughs> I've been busy. It's a hard question, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I've been really good though. There's a lot of big things have happened in the last. Um, well, I guess since we recorded, we recorded the last episode a little bit earlier because mm-hmm. there was not enough hours in the weeks really? before the release. That is so true. <clears throat> um, but the main event of the law mm-hmm. which i'm incredibly excited slash relieved slash proud is that i launched tonic mm-hmm. officially we officially launched tonic at bank house um with the mayor of london to the con in attendance um that was for a ribbon cutting on site mm-hmm. so there was you know some of the future residents there got quite emotional and then a big party in above the Stag Theatre in Vauxhall, um, with Soroya Marshall, who was just what an angel. She was brought in last minute because there was a few changes with entertainment, and she absolutely 
Turned the party. Slayed the lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was incredible. And also Queer House Party DJ'd mm-hmm. for us as well. But it was just, it was all round a massive cherry <laughs> on a massive, massive cake mm-hmm. of this year um, of achievements at Tonic. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what Tonic is, you can go to tonichouse.org.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be... Oh, we are officially after launch the UK's first LGBT affirming retirement community. Um, yeah, which is massive. So, really well done. It was a really gorgeous, gorgeous evening. Got to meet a couple of the couple of people involved, mm. which was really sweet. I did have a fair few glasses of prosecco, yeah, and some free dr- other free drinks. So, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the location also mm. camp, mm. but not tacky. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. Just, um, I've everyone involved, just a big round of applause for, because it just made my life as a virgin events manager. Virgin. Hold on. Virgin events manager um, and producer. Very, well, very easy, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased it went well. Yeah. That was, that's what I've been up to mainly. And then I just got back from Liverpool. I had four days in Liverpool. Oh yeah, I've seen my nan and granddad. I haven't oh. seen them for over a year. <clears throat> I've seen mum and sister, um, and yeah, it was just it was really nice. Yeah, um, I'm I kind of go back and forth about my uh, enjoyment mm-hmm. or kind of connection with Liverpool. Yeah, your relationship. Yeah, uh, but no, I had a really really nice time this time. I think I really needed it. So mm. yeah, and now here I am. I expected you to like text me saying you found a place you can move there <laughs> on the docks. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they have docks, right? Yeah, yeah. world famous. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, to be fair, I've only been to Liverpool once, and it was to see the docks or the Tate on the docks. The Tate on the docks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the website for Liverpool is visit. I know I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how have you been? I started back at uni. You did yesterday. You did. It was really nice. It was. It, we've started research methods, and so it's all about statistics and like, you know, different types of research, how to conduct research, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Quite dull to explain. <laughs> you got in there before me. Well, can say the really exciting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very interesting for me. Yeah, and I had lots you. of fun for me. <laughs> um. It's just nice to have a bit of more structure to the to mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing something for two days of the week. Whoa. It's big. It, well. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a gorgeous time before you went back to Liverpool. We went um, around the around the towns and everything. We were <laughs> sticker in the house down boots, bottom and around the town, <laughs> weren't we? Um, have a little peek. Mm. Mm-hmm. Little... Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, if you're listening to this on a podcast or Spotify or whatever you listen to it, you can't see what we're putting that. But on Brenda's laptop now, um, he's got one of our bottoming stickers. Mm-hmm. So you can just in case I forget what I do. Yeah, most of my days. Hopefully, if you are out and about and round and round, yeah, you might see one. If you've listened to us because of the stickers, let us know. Because that would be, I'd be interested in that. <laughs> yeah, if you find us, because it has the Instagram account mm-hmm. on there. If you find it on the street, mm. send us a little DM. Say hi, I found you on the street, and Slip send us right a picture. In. Send a picture of where you got it from. Well, I bet you've had one of them before. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I saw you on the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
you told me to slip into your DMs. Oh god. Um, but yeah, I also I also stickered in Liverpool, Mm. um, which was quite quite a moment actually because I spent my college years around Stanley Street and Victoria Street in Liverpool, the Lisbon Navy Bar, the Post House G Bar. Just my yeah, head, you don't know, you're a little town boy, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of my time in there um, as a, a queer teen. So uh, I stuck some stickers around there because I just thought it's been, what, 10 years maybe at this point since I've been going out in Liverpool like that. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to... <laughs> I just wanted to do some bottoming on that street. So it's on the lampposts and a couple of the signs so yeah if you're in liverpool and you're listening or or yeah send us a picture it'd be good to see but one thing i did want to do while i was in liverpool apart from um promo bottoming yeah uh was go and visit gyro so we've mentioned gyro and shared some of this stuff on our socials um in the past they are um the young lgbt young persons um charity and association in liverpool um and they're part of one of the bigger youth services um but this is lgbt specific um part of it and i met chris who's the lgbtq plus lead there um because i just wanted to find out a bit more i guess about what they do mm-hmm. there um so i went to see their site um which was just off lime street um Liverpool lime street train station it's a really central location but there's been over the last few months especially a really really big uptick in um hate crimes like queer hate crimes in liverpool um so i just wanted to kind of chat with them a little bit really with i guess with no ultimate aim but the amount of stuff that that tiny little team is doing with as as with everything with very very limited funding is just mind-blowing mm. um so it was yeah it was just it was really nice to see them um see the space and hear a bit more about because obviously it just pushes me further to I guess engage and support and find out more and hopefully if you're listening as well you'll do the same and if you're not from Liverpool see what you've got in your city that you Mm -hmm. can support as well a lot of the big LGBT organizations um have already got the brand awareness and the scope to reach people but it's also the smaller charities and organizations that are doing some amazing work um usually with like virtually impossible budgets and Mm -hmm. capacity so um yeah if you want to find a little bit more about Gyro, it's Gyro Liverpool on Instagram and the same on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, it was just really, really nice to meet Chris. So thanks for having me and let me talk your ear off for a bit. Episode one came out in a week. It was like the week of weeks for television. And what a sexy little sandwich. What sexy sandwich? We were slapped in the middle, <gasps> weren't we? We were sandwiched, Victoria's sponge sandwich <laughs> between... <laughs> Great British Bake Off on the Tuesday and Drag Race UK Season 3 on the Thursday. Stunning. Absolutely perfect. Also, on the day that we released, Alice Levine's um, Sex Odyssey also came out and that is just some chef's kiss TV. Yeah, I haven't seen that actually. You haven't? You did tell me to watch it, but I didn't watch Girl, it. Girl, you need to know, get on that sorry. right away. But yeah, also Strictly officially started that week. So it was, and that was on the Saturday. So it was just the best week to launch, mm. really. But Drag Race Season 3... I have to give a shout out to River 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 Wed River Wed May. <laughs> Bad leg day. River. <laughs> what? what am I looking at? Oh. <coughs> <laughs> 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 
You remember River Wedmay? <laughs> River Medway. Go on, because continue. when I went to uni, our halls were on the River Medway. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd go out of my house and the River Medway was there. Yeah. People would throw trolleys in there, kids' bikes, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. When the tide was out, it stank, but, you know, it was a river nonetheless. Um but yeah, just because it's it really brought back a lot of memories, especially of that statue, statue. which was ne- near this um, club called Tap and Tin, where we used to go on a Monday. It had for me Poundland. in tears. It had me in tears. One pound drinks. Um, <laughs> I thought you said Pound Town. <laughs> pound Town. That was the Queer Night. Oh, Pound Town. <laughs> queer Nights in Rochester? I don't think. Um, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> Obviously, we've mentioned that Bake Off is back. Amen. Alongside Drag Race and Bake Off, the perfect autumn combo. I'm bottoming season three. Mm-hmm. The perfect autumn combo of things to keep you cozy and entertained, mm. fulfilled and warm. Mm. Um, Our next guest actually ties the three together. Yeah, quite wonderfully. And actually, not we didn't plan this no. to have happened, but here we are. So That's what you call fate. Yeah. <laughs> So it was a pleasure speaking to Michael. We covered a lot of really interesting topics. Yeah, we talked about his anxiety, um, his reaction to his doctor suggesting he runs for his mm. anxiety. Mm-hmm. When you listen to this, he'll have just, <gasps> fingers crossed, touch wood, smashed the London Marathon. Yeah. So we're wishing the best of luck, Michael. I know this is in retrospect but if, we're sending when this it, comes out. But sending it now. Yeah, we're sending it to you. So yeah, here is Michael Chakravetti. I'm Michael Chakraverty. I am a writer and podcaster, and I once cried for seven weeks in a tent in Berkshire uh, on the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> and my pronouns are he, him. So you just mentioned about the famous tent. We were first introduced to you on Great British Bake Off, obviously in 2019. What has life been like for you since that summer? Uh, well, yeah, it was a, a very long year. Uh, we, we film it in the spring and it comes out in like the autumn. So it's a, a very long, intense year. I think it's been kind of the same and then also completely, totally different. Um, <laughs> so a really strange answer, but I suppose like um, for, for many of us, we all go straight back into our normal lives, right? So I carried on with my life as it was and um, just got to do some kind of fun stuff on the side, I suppose. Um, but I never really went into it wanting anything more than what's, I think perhaps I didn't think about it properly. I mean, I went into the show and I was like, oh, it'll be fun to bake for a bit. And then I did. And I kind of forgot that, I mean, you don't forget it's on television, but I forgot that it was going to be aired and I forgot what kind of came along with all of that. Um, but yeah, no, it's been good. I find the public profile has been, I mean, we love a hashtag ad, um, so th- that's been fun. Um, and I've got to do some fun things, and I made some fun friends, and all that kind of stuff. But um, it comes, it comes with a bit of uh, negativity, let's say, and some challenges, um, which I found a lot harder. Uh, and I think that's partly why I'm so protective of my private life. Like I'm so protective of having a little, a little life to myself where I don't need to deal with any of that nonsense. So. So that's what I mean when I say the same, but also completely yeah. different. <laughs> and also, it feels like 
years since i mean it has been technically years but honestly like <laughs> that's how time works so, yeah <laughs> since you were on the show but was the last was it the last one before yeah, yeah the big thing yeah the 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 pandemia lovato hit in march and we aired in the previous october so i think some of some of my years gang was kind of hoping to do like food festivals and kind of get out there on the road and stuff mm. and that never happened um because of the panny d um but we did all manage to I mean, we're lucky because we filmed it in kind of quote unquote normal times, whereas the last year or and this year as well have both been filmed in a bubble, which is so much more intense, which um, like almost not not dissimilar to what Drag Race does is what Bake Off has done this year, which um, we all see the meltdowns. So, yeah, Yeah. bit intense. And I was having them without that. So, So obviously, yeah, you've spoken about, you know, the intensity of the tent. Mm. And since then, you've spoken about and written about anxiety publicly. Do you think um, being on the shows helped you face those issues a lot sooner? Or do you think um, that you've almost felt a bit obligated to talk about them because everything was so publicly uh, aired? Yeah, it was weird. Um, I mean, the reason I went on Bake Off was sort of to do with my mental health uh, issues, about to do with, to do with my anxiety, and my depression. I um, I went to uh, therapy for the first time. I think it was the year before I applied, so it must have been 2018. And um, it was great. The NHS was wonderful, um, but also the funding ran out. So um, uh, I think I think I had ten sessions, and that was that. That was all I could that I could have. Um, but the the kind of end of that was that I had been always limiting what I thought I could do or what I thought I should do. Um, and so I kind of set myself a challenge at the end of that therapy to start saying yes to things and stop just saying no automatically um, because my brain would automatically shut down and be like, you're not good enough for that. Leave it alone. Don't touch mm-hmm. it. Um, so uh, that happened. And then I started, to, I started to bake along with Bake Off that year, just like trying out a different thing each week. And then my friend said, oh, you should try for Bake Off. And I was like, nah, nah. And then I was like, oh no, now I've said no. And so I thought, well, I'll just give it a go. Uh, and then one thing led to another <laughs> and there I was. Um, and uh, I, found, I found it really intense and really uh, mentally draining. Um, the filming days are, you're looking at ooh, 12, 13 hours, um, two days in a row. And then you go back to do your normal job in the week. Um, so that's really, really yeah, it's a lot to kind of be t- to be taking on, and um, and in week five, I had panic attacks in the tent. Um, so we were making something called a beignet souffle. I don't know. Don't even look it up. What's the point? <laughs> I hated it so much. Um, but it was something that I could do. It was some, like the instructions. I knew what to do, and for some reason, it wasn't working. I mean, not for some reason. I put too many eggs in, um, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't working, and my brain started to kind of fall apart a little bit because I was basically I was proving myself right. I was proving myself. All those voices in my head saying that you shouldn't be here. There's no point in being here. This is so embarrassing. Everyone's gonna laugh at you. Um, that all kicked in and had massive panic attacks, and it was really horrible. But the show handled it really well. And I've spoken about that before. Um, so. After that, I kind of settled a bit because I was like, well, it can't get much worse than this. And um, by that point, I was pretty much on my way out already. I kind of knew that um, in terms of who I was and how I was on the show. I was like, we're not going to last much longer. Um, And I was really scared about it coming out. Um, 
really, really worried about it. Like I knew that Bake Off wasn't going to sensationalize it. It's not that kind of show. They don't really want a sub story. It's, it's, uh, I know it's reality, but it's actually filmed more like a documentary series, the way they do it. Um, I was really nervous about it. And it was aired, the episode, episode five it's in my season, was aired really um, carefully. And I think they, were de- they did it delicately. They were really great about it. They showed what happened, but they didn't dwell on it too much either. And um, they ran comments by me that were said by other other contestants in the space to check that I was... Just to, just to let me know that it was happening and that kind of stuff, which was great. Um, but what was really interesting when it happened, I, I, <laughs> my friend Amelia, who was in the tent with me, um, came to came to be with me when we watched it together because I was so scared about watching it, and um, and the the episode itself I found really hard to watch. I didn't enjoy watching it, but what I did notice is that they didn't use the word panic attack. They didn't use the words anxiety. They just showed me getting increasingly upset in this kind of spiral of doom and um oh spiral of doom title of my autobiography uh, <laughs> love that <laughs> and um and what was really interesting was how many people recognized that online as being a panic attack yeah. rather than so they never said it was that but people online saw it for what it was which i thought was really fascinating and it was that that made me want to speak about it um because i thought I don't think we often see that on things like Bake Off. And I thought Bake Off did a really good job of of talking about it. And I basically just wanted to kind of explain sort of from my perspective what had happened. I felt like I needed to address it. I felt like I, I wanted to to explain why that had happened and what had happened and also kind of explain to people that I was quite proud of myself, bizarrely. Like, I've not watched the episode since and I never will. But... Um, I was proud that I managed to finish. Um, and that was the biggest thing for me. I had, I had two panic attacks um, in the space of 10 minutes um, during that, I think, hour-long challenge. I can't even remember. Um, but my biggest thing in my head was I need to get to the end. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was really proud of that. So I wanted to kind of basically say that. I think I did like a tweet thread um, uh, about it Uh and yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to show people basically that when when you think you can't, you probably still can um, somehow, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it might be horrible, and it, and the end product, the end goal might not look like what you wanted it to look like. I mean, no one wanted fucking beignet souffles to look like they looked but uh <laughs> mine looked like very sad flying saucers with like a bit <laughs> oozing jam um but my savayon was golden um, <laughs> um but yeah i had to basically like change the milestones and for some people in the tent at that point they wanted to create the perfect technical bake but for me i wanted to get to the end of the challenge and still be alive <laughs> and um and i wanted to kind of say that basically and um I was quite nervous about posting it, but I wanted to say it. And when I said it, I got a lot of like really amazing, um, amazing responses from people. It was really nice. I also got some less amazing responses, but it was overall, it was really positive. And I think that's kind of spurred me on to sort of to talk about it a bit more. So I guess my, my answer to your question is like, I felt obligated in a little way because I wanted to explain my perspective of it. Um, but since then, I think it showed me how important it was to see all those responses showed me how important it was to people. And, um, and that's why I've kind of carried on complaining about being anxious online for the past <laughs> 18 months. <laughs> so you've just mentioned maybe some of the not 
so good responses that you got. Mm. Um, last season, we interviewed Sister Sister, and we spoke to her about specifically about the online trolling um, yeah. that she experienced during her season of Drag Race, um, and that you were there at the time of that. Do you think kind of the experience that you had influenced the way you were able to support? Yeah, it's really hard to describe how it feels when you see those negative comments. Um, everyone always says like one negative comment can outweigh a hundred positive ones. That's a hundred percent true, but it's like worse than that. And um, it, you get this horrible, it's a physical feeling. You feel, you physically feel sick and your heart drop. And even if you only read three negative comments in a row, it's like everyone hates you. And that's really like, that's horrible. Um, and um, I knew sister, uh, sister and I had been chatting for quite a long time and um, I could see where the, the, where the, where the tide was going um, and how awful people were being. Um, so for me, I just wanted to reach out and make sure that she knew that she wasn't on her own and that there were other people there who, who get it, who got it. Um, but also like, I spoke to um, Laura Adlington quite a lot, who was on the latest series of Bake Off. She got to the final and she experienced some horrific trolling um, towards the end. Um, and I spoke to her quite a lot during it as well. Because I think when you're in it, obviously you have the support of everyone that's going along with you. So for, for sister, she had people like Joe and, and lots, of their, lots of their gang to kind of hang out with. And Laura, the same with the Bake Off gang. But they're all also in it. And I think what's important is for people to see people who are past it and are okay. <laughs> and like, um, for me and, um, and sister, it was important, I think, to kind of help, help show her that the world was going to carry, like there was other things happening, like other than her wearing dresses on a runway in, wasn't filmed in Manchester at the time, but wherever it was. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we spent the evening talking about lots of other stuff. And that was my, my, my goal was to try and, talk to her about other stuff happening in her day-to-day -day life because like yeah yes it's really huge and it's a massive thing that's happening but like also it's an hour of telly a week uh max it's going to be 10 hours of your life on tv and yes it has ramifications going onwards but um i think what you need to learn is to focus on what you can control and ignore the rest of them yeah that said it's sometimes quite funny to engage with them just like in a like a just just engage with one of them just like <laughs> i know that they don't feed the trolls but maybe just like <laughs> smack them down a bit just a little crumb or two. um yeah um my favorite thing to do is when someone's got like a really long username like alfred one six seven four three um and then you just reply being like fuck off alfred's one six seven five three it's just nice you know what i mean like a little sprinkle just, of like it yeah <laughs> um the other thing i would say is i think it's really important for other contestants and people on reality tv to stick up for them and talk mm. about that talk about that publicly um i think you know when you're on your series whether you're one of the popular ones or whether you're not um, and I think if you're one of the popular ones, you have an obligation to speak up for those who are mm -hmm. um, struggling a bit and, and through no fault of their own. Um, and it can have some genuinely severe mental health Im implications. I know Sister, I listened to Sister's episode and I know that she uh, talked about that. She was really unwell for a bit because of it. Yeah. Um, and she's fine now. We were out having a drink last <laughs> week. But, um, but yeah, no, it can, be, it can be really hard. It can be really rough. Um, and I didn't get as much, I got some, some bad stuff, obviously, but like, I didn't get anywhere near as much as the women on my series got or the brown woman on our series got, for example. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know how we fix it, but all I know that for the moment is we need to support people who are going through it. And I think that is getting better. 
I'd like, we saw what Love Island was doing this year where they were putting out a lot of um, statements and, and RuPaul's Drag Race is doing similar, I think, now. Um, is it too late? Perhaps, but mm. it is still happening. Like, and that is still good. Um, we will never stamp it out because we haven't been able to stamp out bullying in the tra- in the playground. So how are we going to stamp it out on, on an anonymous forums online? Um, it's just we need to work out ways of managing it ourselves. Um, I have to take social... I take social media holidays now um, where I just take a week off it because um, I just can't do it anymore or I'll close my DMs and things like that. But um, you always come crawling back. You always come <laughs> crawling back. <laughs> so um, in May of this year, you wrote an article for the Metro opening up about your use of running to ease your anxiety, mm. um, an idea that was proposed by a GP. Can you briefly talk us through how this conversation came about and what you initially thought of this suggestion? <laughs> my, initial, my initial thoughts were absolutely <laughs> fucking not. I would rather pass away. Thank you. Um, no, I, uh, I'd been to the doctor a couple of times um, and they were actually a really good GP. And I know that this is actually one of the, it's an unusual thing for a GP to say. Um, but I... Yeah, I went in and I said, my anxiety, my anxiety, my depression is getting worse again. And my my coping mechanisms aren't working. Um, I was finding myself lying in bed, just like spi- in, in the spiral of doom, trademarked. Um, and uh, like thinking about any, I couldn't stop thinking from things like catastrophizing thoughts and like dark thoughts to also is my car unlocked <laughs> and like having to leave my house twice or three times during the night to double check it was locked. And like, it was just, it was getting a bit ridiculous um and they basically said we're at the point now where i think you either need to try something new in terms of your um coping mechanisms or we need to put you onto medication and for me um for me uh i (laughs) didn't want to go on medication um and i completely get that it worked for some people absolutely 100 percent um for me i wanted to have somewhere else to go if that makes sense um so things could get worse, and absolutely, I, I may may go medication. Um, but I was like, I'll tr- I'll try it. I was I was furious that they offered that they said about running because uh, nothing else. <laughs> honestly, nothing anything, else. anything. <laughs> like I'll get a tattoo. Will that help? Um, I just I couldn't. I I hated the idea of it. Like I I've never been into fitness. Uh, well, up to that point, I've been into sports. Um, when I was at school. Uh, you know, you play football in the in the playgrounds. I had to play. Um, I was one of the goalposts. Uh, that was the allocated job for me, uh, which was tragic. There was a jumper on one side, and then there was me on the other side. And sometimes I was allowed to shout bogeys um, when they came towards me. Um, so that trauma uh, maybe informed why I have depression now. <laughs> um, so yeah, exercise and fitness was never the one for me. But running, um, I was like, Do you know what? Okay, fine, I'll give it a go. And the first time I did it, I went with a friend and it was horrible. It was awful. Um, he didn't quite, I think, get what I needed. Um, and he wasn't, no, through no fault of his own, um, he wasn't the most supportive. And uh, I left that feeling worse than I had when I started. And I was like, well, I'm more depressed now. Thanks for that. Um, but uh, my friend Sarah really picked me up. And I honestly, I, I think Sarah saved my life when she started to kind of really sit with me and, and work with me on it um she was a well she still is um still with us uh she is a uh spin instructor uh, and a a fitness phenomenon um 
but like in a cool way. Uh, <laughs> she still likes chocolate. Um, and uh, so she took me for a run and uh, I could only run like maybe the distance between lampposts and I had to stop and breathe. And she would do that and she'd be fine. She would she would work it out. Um, she knew that I was dreading the silence of running. So she talked the entire time. Um, and I left that first run, having probably run like maybe... I'm not exaggerating, maybe 500 meters max. Um, and it had taken us like an hour. Um, and, and then I left it and I thought, oh, actually that wasn't, that wasn't, it wasn't great, <laughs> but it wasn't awful. And so we did it again and we did it again and we did it again. And I slowly began to kind of get the grounding feeling of it. Like you, your, your brain can't think of anything else because it's so focused on what your body is having to do. And um, I really began to love it. I began to run on my own a bit more. Um, like, I'm, I'm never going to be a skinny legend. I've tried my hardest. It's never going to happen. But I did see changes in my body. Like, I, I saw changes in my legs and um, in, like, my fitness level, things like that. And that was really lovely. Um, that was really nice. So I kind of just kind of stuck at it. And um, I actually ended up... So then... Once I got into running, Sarah then was like, oh, do you want to come to one of my body attack classes, which is like a lame, a lame is, not lame is, Les <laughs> Mills, <laughs> not lame is, uh, absolutely not that, immediately. <laughs> I remember you said that, but I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> the Cameron McIntosh School of Gimmickry. Um, <laughs> immediately not that. Uh, no, uh, Les Mills uh, class, which is like high intensity cardio. And um, I got really into it. I really loved it. Um, and became ended up becoming an instructor of it and spin as well. And fitness has become like a huge part of my life now. And I use it a lot to regulate how I feel. And I'm, I, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I don't love running. Like I don't love running. Um, I would, if, could I, could I, if I could lie in my bed all day, yeah, 100% I would. Um, if I could not go for a run for five weeks, yeah, 100% I would. But I also know it's necessary. Um, I hate going, I hate during, and then afterwards I feel great. Um, but when you're out there, it's really hard to describe. It's like, I think I said this in a Metro article uh, in a much more erudite way, and I'm going to ruin it now. Um, but it was something like the anxiety is still there, but it's in the passenger seat. And for a second, my body's doing the driving because my, I, I, my body, I can feel my body breathing and working and straining and pushing. And that's amazing. Um, that said, I tried to go for, I normally listen to podcasts when I run. Um, and I tried to go for a run with my own thoughts. Can you imagine? Um, and it was horrible. No. Couldn't do it. Never me. <laughs> never, never me again. Honestly, the whole way around, it was awful. I couldn't stop thinking about any. Oh, it was. I, I, I go to avoid thinking. So um, now I listen to murder podcasts because I'm like, well, at least something, uh, something light. Well, but you think at least that's not me. It could be worse. <laughs> do you know? Like I could have been shot by a 17 year old in New Zealand. Podcast recommendation: Black Hands. Ooh, Ooh. very good. Good for a run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I love it. I use it a lot. I'm actually running a marathon in the next couple of um, in the next couple of weeks. It's at the, mm. th 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 the beginning of October. And um, that's been hard. That's been challenging. I've enjoyed the running less and less. But um, yeah, I can't wait for the time when it comes like, later this year when I go for like a 15 minute run. And I'm like, I'm going to stop there. That's all I need to um, Currently doing four and a half hours of running, which uh, we can do without, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> but she's an athlete now. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to Newcastle, where I currently live, in um, October during 
a lockdown. And so um, coming out of that lockdown, I found it quite hard because I, I haven't really had many friends. I haven't really known anyone or anything like that. And um, I found the routine of marathon training has actually been really helpful with that in terms of kind of giving me a bit of structure. Um, I I loved it to start with. I was like, this is camp. This is great. <laughs> and then like when we got to like 11 miles, I was like, oh, <laughs> um, but I'm really proud of what I've done so far. Like I have had to be a bit forgiving of myself. I've got a really good friend called Tom who does marathon training and he, uh, oh, previous Bake Off contestant, also mentally unwell. Love that for <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> comes to the territory. Um, and he's been really brilliant. Um and uh, he's been helping me kind of be a bit more forgiving of myself because sometimes you will miss a run or you'll miss a week and that's okay. And just kind of that allowing that to be part of your of your schedule, basically. Um, and I think that's been really helpful for me. So actually, I think while I've been really proud of the distances I've covered and the fact that I've stuck to it, I think what's also been really amazing is that I've kind of learned to kind of let myself not do it. I think that's been a, like a really big learning point for me. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But I'm looking forward to it being over more. Um, but I'm really proud of how much I've earned and how much I've managed earned, raised. I haven't earned it. I've just raised it. I promise it's going to outside society. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really proud of how much I've raised. And like, I had a little, I, when I ran 18 miles for the first time, I had a little cry um, because I hit my milestone of um, fundraising on that day as well. Um, so I had a, wee a little weep in the garden um, because I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and then I went straight back to hating it. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, I ran five miles yesterday and that was lovely. It was really nice. I live by the sea, so I ran up and down by the sea and it's high camp. Talking of mental wellness, actually, this is a complete sidebar. Um, I, do, I do walks along the sea when I'm sad because um, I like to think of myself in like, in like a black and white Adele video. Really great. Or maybe Billie Eilish now. Is Billie Eilish like the new Adele? Sometimes. Um, more angry as well. Um, <laughs> we love Billie. Uh, so I, um, I was listening to I Do This All The Time by mm -hmm. Self Esteem. I was on one of my depression walks <laughs> by, the, by the sea and like the songs like lyrics were like look up, lean back and I did and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, it's really pretty. <laughs> like, is that when you're walking your head's down and like, I don't know, like I found that really like, it genuinely spoke to me and it sounds so wanky, but like all the lyrics that I was listening to, I was just like, oh my God. And it genuinely like saved me for like a month. It was on repeat. And I met, I, I put it on my Instagram story, just like listen to this song immediately. And then only bloody Rebecca herself reached out and I was like, <gasps> so, I, uh, so yeah, that's iconic. I'm obsessed with her. Isn't she, in, isn't she amazing? Yeah. When I first heard that song, I was like, I've never heard anything sonically like this. Mm. What on earth is this incredible? Because like, I love the last album, but this new stuff, especially the three videos. Yeah, it's all like, stunning. it's really epic, isn't it? Some, yeah. Somehow, like she's really pushing it for, I loved her old stuff as well, mm -hmm. but this latest album, just like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm so obsessed with it. If you want to like feel better about yourself, listen to, to like her lyrics because they find a way of just kind of worming their way in. So we are big fans of your podcast and Mankind. What have some of your favorite takeaways been from your time working on that? Yeah, I mean, the whole concept came from the trolling, actually, because mm. um, I cried a lot um, and I got lots of men online slagging me off for crying. And I was like, why does this impact on you? Mm. <laughs> like, surely if it's going to impact on anyone's masculinity, it's going to be on mine. And I'm fine, actually. I'm all yeah. right. Um, so, like, what's going on here? I thought it was fascinating. And so Mark and I met. Uh, through Twitter and see, can be for good things, mm -hmm. and um, got chatting about it. We think it's fascinating. Um, 
actually one of the biggest takeaways has been Mark, to be honest. Mm. Um, he's a, a cis white straight man. Uh, he's about 104. I don't know. Like, and he comes from the generation of people that you don't automatically assume will be open and interested and engaged and like not like willing to change, but like eager to change and like change with the world. And I think Mark is kind of, uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I'm kidding. Uh, I I say this to him all the time. Um, I think he's, he's genuinely changed my perception about what that kind of person can be and therefore what people can be. Like, I do think obviously there are people who refuse to change, but there are so so many more people who are eager to. And, um, and we've had a lot of wonderful NB uh, non-binary people on. And I think they have all, been some of my favorite episodes because they just have such a brilliant perspective on things we we spoke with um travis alabanza and jamie windust um and they were both just amazing we've got some more coming up as well and like the way they think about the world i think has really kind of informed me to kind of go oh why do i do that and why and why do i think that and the other thing it's given me is a sense of it's not just me like um I know earlier we were laughing about like not it wasn't just me who played the the goalpost um at, at school like there are there are so many people who have done have, who've experienced similar things and I think that's been amazing so yeah kind of a sense of community has been really great um but the main takeaway is just people like Mark who are eager to change and I think especially within the queer community actually we're guilty of just tarnishing everyone with the same brush mm-hmm. and I don't think that's right I mean technically Mark is a boomer um but uh <laughs> but he's also not a boomer <laughs> so yeah that's been really fascinating for me in yeah. age but not in mindset <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah very that yeah <laughs> um so what what have you got coming up? What exciting things have you got coming up over the next few months that you can share with us? Exciting things. I'm going to be not running every day. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, I just continue to... I, I now, I'm working back in theatres again, so that's amazing. Um, during the pandemic, that stopped for a while. So I'm back into theatres, which is fab. Uh, Menkind, we've got a second series coming out. But apart from that, I'm just going to carry on living my life. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, find me online and don't be, don't be mean <laughs> <laughs> are you um gonna be tuning into the new bake-off series or do you get like intense i hate watching it but i do watch it uh, i um <laughs> don't hate watching it that's me i find it very i find it very uh stressful to watch um but i do the guardian's live blog for it so um i get to watch it with my friend scott and we make little pity comments about it and um I the Guardian editors get crossed because I write too many innuendos and so some of them get removed. I was told that talking about prolapse wasn't appropriate last year, which is a shame. Um, but uh, <laughs> it would have been very funny if I had. <laughs> what is Bake Off without any puns? Like, surely that's not. I'm not. I don't think. I don't think prolapse is a pun, though, is it? Really? <laughs> it's just a statement. <laughs> it's just a statement. It's a statement of fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I will be watching, and um, I, uh, I. So when during. My my series when i was going through some really horrible stuff bryony from my from the previous series oh, no. um she really she reached out and really helped me and so i paid that forward with laura uh, last year and i think i've spoken to laura about it quite a lot and laura's really keen to pay it forward again mm-hmm. um for next year so hopefully we'll get a kind of little community of little buddies to pop mm-hmm. along so i'm not going to intervene too much because it's totally their time and they can do with what the time they want um mm-hmm. but i'll be i'll be listening here if they need me um to talk about something else, it's but a uh, off elder now. <laughs> I know, um, irrelevant. Bake off elder. 
um uh yeah no they've, they've filmed it already so um they'll all be sat waiting at the moment which is very mm-hmm. exciting for them um it'll be brilliant it'll be fun i love bake off for what it is but um i wish if i had to pass on one message to them it would be like the world will will continue to turn <laughs> once you're off the telly so just like remember that that's like either a good thing or like when people are getting too full of themselves it's like remember that like another badge is coming <laughs> <laughs> The world is bigger than what's happening. And mm-hmm. like and like while you're in it, it feels amazing and it feels exciting and it can feel awful. But regardless of how it feels during, it will end. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Like you need to work out what we, what makes you happy outside of that. And then I think you'll be fine, really. Yeah. And for me apparently that's throwing myself around twenty miles three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Michael, for speaking to us. It was a bloody pleasure. Oh, it was lovely. Maybe see you in heaven for self-esteem. Oh, I thought you were going to say when we die. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll wow. see you in heaven. Brendan won't, because he's a little bitch. <laughs> um, I'm going to hell. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to chat to us. You were such a dream. You can find Michael at... MS Chakraverti on Twitter and Instagram. So, as promised, I should be gagging for this. We have said for season three, we're going to round each episode off with our positive thing of the last couple of weeks. I feel like every season there's something we say we're going to do every episode <laughs> yeah. and we never do it. But this one, this one we are. We have to. We have to. Well, can I start, please? Yes. I watched. I've got one episode left of this and I want to hold on to it for as long as possible mm-hmm. because I am not ready to let go. Mm-hmm. But Love on the Spectrum's back for season two. Mm. And I know I just said that I sobbed watching John Waite on Strictly Come Dancing, mm-hmm. but the way I was ugly crying last night oh. before Fortnite <laughs> to this show, for those who don't know, Love on the Spectrum is about people who have autism and it's uh, their dating life. But it's uh, honestly so heartwarming and there are even some like tips in there in terms of conversation when you're dating. Like even with people who may might have, you know, high anxiety, mm. who are neurotypical mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, asking questions, open questions and, you know, thinking about the other person's interest and going to dating locations based mm. on that interest. They're so simple. But I even when I was watching, it, I was like, ah, maybe yeah. I should try that. <laughs> Yeah, it just gives me all of the mm. all of the good feels. Mm. Yeah, I guess my positive thing is I'm um, just because <laughs> I love the way it's put together. I'm Scotty, mm-hmm. so artist Scotty, co-founder of Scotty and Friends. Oh, um, has a podcast called After the Tone. It just come back actually a couple of weeks ago for season five. Um, if you <laughs> if you haven't listened to After the Tone and mm-hmm. you just want to slap something on after the bottoming. <laughs> Um, (laughs) um, it basically is a load of people Scotty described it way better a load of people that call leave voice messages over WhatsApp and Scotty responds to them and if you just want to listen to people share you know inner thoughts Mm -hmm. thoughts you maybe should keep to yourself thoughts you should share with other people Mm -hmm. that is the podcast to do it and yeah Scotty um, is just an all-round babe. 
very very funny um on instagram at scotty is fat and after the tone is at after the tone podcast so that's my hi and if you subscribe and listen you might hear us pop up at some point well that's your lot honeys we've really taken you round the bend round the full bend (laughs) can you remember that show are you going round the twist I don't remember it but I remember the song we're gonna log off now yes and we're gonna play Fortnite (laughs) we're gonna play Fortnite probably yes Um, but thanks as always for listening thank you so much we loved having you with us um, as always, if you can pop on over to a podcasts, leave a little star rating, as always, five and above, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and a review, just to let us know what you think. And you can find us at Bottoming Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok. <laughs> Is there anything else? Is that your lot? Okay. <laughs> but as always, you're doing amazing, sweetie. You are doing amazing, sweetie. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.